You are now tuned in to the journey. You walk with me, I walk with you. Together we face life. Hand in hand, side by side. With Jesus, the mastermind. It takes faith, it takes a step to finish a thousand miles. But together, we're in this, and this is called the journey. What's up, everybody? Hope all is well, and welcome back to The Journey with your host, Karen Sion. We thank God for a new week. Today is May 19th, and it's the 18th episode of The Journey. So we're still in May, guys. I feel like May is a very, very long month, but it's my birth month, and I love the month of May, so I'm glad we're still in May. (laughs) We're still in May, guys. And it's Mental Health Month. And we at The Journey, we're still spreading awareness about this issue and honoring this month by bringing light to mental health. On last week's episode, we began part one of mental health awareness with Deacon Sam. His story was, guys, his story was so, so enlightening. And we got a lot of feedback about it. Uh, We're not even halfway through, guys. Like, that was just part one. And we had to cut the episode into two because Deacon really, really went into depth about his story. So it was too long for one episode. So we had to cut it into two. It was just so amazing. And I'm so excited for today's episode. Uh, um, Deacon, God richly, richly bless you. Honestly, God richly bless you for opening up to us. Honestly, after, after I keep saying the word, honestly, <laughs> after last week's episode, I was thinking to myself, honestly, Hey, today, dear. Honestly, I've been saying. <laughs> honestly, last week the word of the the day was undulate. Um, today, the word of the day is honestly. <laughs> I was thinking to myself about how strong my deacon is um, because he's endured so much, but he is thriving now, and we know and we can tell it's the strength of God. It was the power of God. We were able to see the power of God in in, in this story. So today's episode is going to be a continuation of last week. And hopefully we wrap up Deacon's amazing story today. So buckle up for today's episode of The Journey. If you've been tuning into the show, welcome back. And we thank you so much for sticking with us for 18 episodes. God richly bless you. But if you are a first-time listener and this is the first time you've ever clicked on an episode of The Journey, welcome, welcome, and welcome once again. Let me tell you a little bit about the show. So The Journey is a Christ-based podcast that focuses on anything and everything that has to do with our lives in this generation, such as education, relationships, health, career choices, marriage, all of the above. But most importantly, how all of these things can and will be better if and when we have Jesus in the center. New episodes drop weekly on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. And you can find the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. And please and please and please again... Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Say it with me, subscribe, so that you can be notified when new episodes drop. Get ready for our birthday segment, Birthday Best. 
So this week we had a few birthdays. We had quite a couple. May is a blessed month. <laughs> Happy belated birthday to my president, Eunice Amwasafo, blessing Adakwa, who I believe is now 14. Amazing. My firstborn daughter, uh, my sister's daughter, my niece, Kezia Ajay Mensa, Nana Jemai, and my very own dad and general overseer, Bishop Ebenezer Adakwa, and everybody else we couldn't mention. God richly bless you, and happy belated birthday to you all. We, we pray for God's favor to be in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hit us up if your birthday is in May, and when an episode airs the week after your birthday, we will shout you out. Okay, guess whose birthday is coming up in four days? When this episode airs, it's going to be four more days to my birthday, if God wills. Me, 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 me. <laughs> me. I'm so excited. I will be turning 22. And I cannot thank God enough. Last week, I saw on a friend's status that someone who is my age now just passed away. And, you know, not to sound selfish or anything, but I couldn't help but thank God that people die when they're young. People have lost loved ones as babies, as 15-year-old death at this point. I know growing up, we always thought that death was for older people, but now young people, old people, sick people, healthy people, anybody can go at any time. So honestly, I my birthday and other people's birthdays mean so much to me because it's like another year has been added to our lives. And it's like, a, I think it's also a call for me to to wonder that, okay, I'm, I'm a year older. I should be a year wiser. What am I doing with my life? And I'm a year closer to my grave. Am I fulfilling the purpose that God has planned for me or God has given me on this earth before he calls me home? So each birthday, I not just celebrate the fact that I'm a year older, but I also celebrate the fact that I'm still alive. That's why I love birthdays so much. For everybody that doesn't know why I love birthdays so much, I love birthdays so much. Honestly, for me, especially once I hit 20, I was like, oh, wow, I'm no longer a teenager because honest. And the reason why I love birthdays so much, too, is because my dad, my dad loves birthdays. He's so good. Like everybody thinks I'm an almanac because I know a lot of people's birthdays off the top of my head. And I purposely remember them like on purpose. <laughs> I purposely remember them to celebrate and wish them. And I purposely take pictures with everybody so that I can have a picture to keep of you for your birthday. And my dad, every year he used to celebrate my birthday, whether it was a card or money or a prayer even. Each birthday, I know they would wake me up at like 5 a.m. And, and pray for me and lay hands on me and speak blessings into my life, both my mom and my dad. So once I hit, I think when I was turning 10, my dad was like, oh my God, you're going to be double digits now. My God, you're no longer a single digit. You're going to be double digits. So 10 was a big year for me. When I turned 12, he started taking me through baptism classes and then I got baptized. I started partaking at the Lord's Supper, which I was really excited about. 
And that was a big year for me. 13 was a big year for me because I was no longer a preteen or a tween. I was now a teenager, according to my dad. This is on my dad. 16 was another big year for me because Sweet 16, he was planning my Sweet 16. He and I were planning it, but unfortunately, it could not happen. 18, too, was a big year for me. He signed over all my official documents to me. Like he said, you're an adult in the eyes of the United States government. Like, 20 was also a big year for me because I was no longer a teenager. I'm now in the 20s. And 21 was another big year for me because that's when you're officially, officially an adult. But now that I'm hitting 22, it's like, it's not really a big year. But for me, I think at age 12, that was a big year for me. And now I'm going to be 22 by God's grace. So next thing you know, 10 years can pass by like that, like it did already. And I will be hitting 32 one day. So I think, like I said... Each birthday is just my call to remembrance that I'm a year closer to my grave. I'm a year closer to God's coming. Jesus is coming. Am I in line with God's purpose for my life? So enough talk about the birthdays, okay? It shall be well. Next thing you know, I'll be hitting 30. (laughs) It shall be well. So yeah, my birthday's coming up. That was a very long speech just talking about my birthday. That's how you know I love my birthday. Anyway. If you have gotten to this point of the episode, okay, we're about to continue Deacon Sam's story. If you've gotten to the, up to this point of the episode where we're about to continue and you have not listened to part one of Mental Health Awareness, pause now. Go back to listen to episode 17 because we're starting off from where we left off last week. When you go listen to episode 17, once you finish, come right back to this episode and you will pick up where you left off. And if you forgot about what Deacon Sam said, which I don't know if that's possible because that was a very, very, very touching story, even though it was just half, go back and listen so that this second part makes sense, okay? If you're ready, say I, I, and let's get into today's episode. So... I want to get through the second hospitalization to when you were saved and like, this is how we see you now or how I I know you to be now. Right. You know, so like when you got hospitalized a second time, Mm -hmm. what led to that? Okay, good. I keep, I keep starting a story and I thank you for always bringing me back. <laughs> it's okay. So when I got out the first time, the doctor started me on the meds. Mm-hmm. I was doing well, gained a lot of weight, but I was doing well. Mm-hmm. I wasn't having any more psychotic mm-hmm. thoughts. Mm-hmm. I wasn't having any more delusions. But she thought to take me off the meds or to taper the meds. And what does that mean? Taper means, okay, so we start you off at... Oh, kind of decrease the dose? Exactly. Okay. And she, one thing she said, titrate. It's like we raise this one, we lower this mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. We do your blood work like every month mm-hmm. to make sure this is where your blood levels are. So she did her due diligence and I was doing well. But I think maybe, and I was on medication, strong medications. Mm. And I'll use this opportunity again to thank God for my dad's life. Because mm-hmm. when I got out the hospital the first time, medications were so strong that I couldn't dress myself. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had tremors, like wow. tremors. I would shake like this. Right, right, yeah. right. And it was this was a res- result of the, the medication. medication. Yeah. Wow. So, so mm-hmm. isn't it? It's crazy that medicine that they're giving you to help you with your mental state mm-hmm. is causing a, a side physical. Pro- yes. Yeah. Wow. But you know that's what that's what it is. And I remember asking one of my psychiatrists back in the day that. So he's giving me another medication. I was like, okay, so this medication you give me, 
are there no side effects? He's like, this ain't candy. Everything. He's like, it's like, it's not candy. Everything you take has a side effect. So it's like, you, you know, you got to weigh the pros and the cons. And is it worth it for me to be stable? Is it worth for me not to have psychotic thoughts, but be sedated 24 seven? Where it's like, you're talking to me and I'm just staring in space where I can't put my clothes on, or is it all these different things? And the the doctor told me that it's a, it's an art. Like we have to, we play with it. We see what works, what right. doesn't work. So right. she eventually took me off one of the medications hardcore. Mm-hmm. And the thing I did, which was my fault, is they told me that you're not supposed to be drinking or smoking mm. if you're doing, while you're taking this medication. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was drinking and smoking. Mm. Um, when she took me off the medication, I started to drink and smoke. Wow. And just like that, it picked back up again. Oh, my God. So that's what led to the, the second. second hospitalization. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, how long was that, the second hospitalization? So, the first one was very long. first one was maybe like two months, one, one, one month and some change maybe. Wow. The first hospitalization. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe a month, a month or so. And the second? Second one was shorter, a lot shorter. Than the first. Wow. So when you came back from the second hospitalization. Actually, you know what? Maybe <laughs> it was. Okay. So the, the set during the second one, mm-hmm. it was like back to back. It was like two of them almost. Okay. So it was, it was like, like they took me out. And then you went back. Went right back. So it was actually three hospitalizations. The okay. first one, I, I was there for like a month and some change. Mm-hmm. And then she took me off. I went back drinking, smoking. Mm-hmm. And I wanna, I'm want i going to talk a lot about that too, mm-hmm. drinking and smoking, because yeah. that was a big part of this whole thing. So mm-hmm. um, they took me out the hospital mm-hmm. and I went right back. Mm-hmm. Literally like three days mm-hmm. in between hospitalizations. So that was probably one hospitalization mm-hmm. is just when they took me out i went right back right right okay so sometimes i count that as one one yeah it, it, it was in the same period of time same so. period of time okay mm-hmm. okay so i, I want to mm-hmm. ask yeah so you said that when you they took you off the, the medication yeah. you resorted to drinking and smoking mm-hmm. so did it was it like there was a void mm-hmm. that was created that you had to fill because it was like medication is gone now i have to drink and smoke to right what, what was there that you felt like you had to fill Okay, so I think, um, okay, so I developed the habit of smoking and drinking when I went to college. Oh, okay, in your first year? Freshman year, okay. yeah. So it was, like, it was, it was normal. Mm-hmm. It was what was normal in the dorms. Like, you go out on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. You know, and the funny part, I could say now, it was always, discuss- like, uh, alcohol <laughs> is not tasty. Yes, uh, yeah. It's not. But I don't know. Uh, every time I'll drink, I'll start to. I'm like, but I'll drink it. Mm-hmm. I'll drink it, and eventually, and weed was weed was similar too. Mm. I used to hate the feeling of being high, but then I'll go back and do it again. Mm. I think doesn't it isn't doesn't it cause an addiction in your your body? It might. Yeah. It might. Something that doesn't taste good or doesn't you feel keep good, going and back. you keep going back. But there, there's a with the alcohol. There's a there's a feeling that you you get though, which I think I was I loved. It's like mm. you talk, you say what, you know, seems like everything you're saying is flowing. So and there's a difference between, you know, you see drunk people and then they're like falling and then they're like slurring their words. Right. So they, they, they have different reactions. People have different reactions to alcohol. I think it depends how much you're drinking. Oh, okay. But to me, what I saw was there was there was the, there was the amount of alcohol I drink 
and I just felt very vibrant. Mm. And then there was an amount I'll drink, and then mm. you're throwing up, and no, nobody, no, nobody, nobody wants that. So mm-hmm. I guess I was kind of I was chasing those good parts about. I like how I was so confident when I drank alcohol, mm-hmm. and I loved how I was quote unquote so creative when I smoke weed. Mm. Right, mm-hmm. so like those two confidence and creativity, confidence. So I'm like. Wow, this alcohol is doing this for me. This weed is doing this for me. So I'm going to keep using it. I'm going to keep using it. Mm-hmm. And I really think it had a lot to do with um, it resurfacing when I was 21. Like everything inside, all the whatever things I was going through, I think, I can't say definitively, but I think maybe if I wasn't smoking or drinking, mm-hmm. perhaps it would have been a different thing. Mm. But I was, I was drinking a lot. Mm. And at that time, it didn't look like a lot because mm-hmm. everybody around you is doing it. That's the life. You on the weekends, every you know, the college kids buy alcohol and they drink it and they go to parties. But I had to understand that I'm not a college kid. Mm. I'm somebody's kid, and they brought him to college to learn right. and come back home. Mm-hmm. You understand? So, yeah, I developed those two habits, and I think I I, I liked, like I said, the confidence and creativity. I think that's what really I, I always gravitated towards. Those are the feelings I always wanted to maintain. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So then when I was taking the medication, I couldn't do those. That was why it was so hard to be on the medication. Cause it's like, even my buddies I used to drink with before, they wouldn't even let me drink around them. Oh, because Cause they, they all know. Yeah, they were saying, no, you better not be drinking, man. Mm. Even if they have an abundance, they won't even give you some. Oh. If the weed is there, come on, man. So it's like, <laughs> I can't say, oh. <laughs> uh, so it was like, all my buddies knew. And, you know, for that, even though we we're all drinking and smoking, for mm-hmm. that part, I say God bless them because they knew it's not good for this kid. So mm-hmm. we're not going to allow him to have it. That's true. Right. So as soon as they said no more medication, we've taken you off the medication because Ooh. you're doing, oh, Back. vacation time. <laughs> Hardly did. Holiday. Quote. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so. As I started, went right back, mm. started bathing in the stuff, and then of course it triggered again. Mm. Oh my gosh! And that was the, that was the so hospitalization. After the the second hospitalization, the mm-hmm. one, the second and third, we'll right, cool. right? Did did you go back to campus or were you going mm-hmm. back like from home? So, you know, I spent a lot of time in college, man. So I, I went into college, um, fall two thousand. Fall 2005. I graduated college, uh, high school 2005. Hey. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I was like yeah. seven. We were Peking. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, uh, I graduated high school 2005. That's when I went to college. But each time I had an episode, obviously, you, how are you going to be in school? Right. Right. So when I was hospitalized, I'll take a semester off. Mm. I'll take a year off. Mm-hmm. So all in total, I took three semesters off. Mm-hmm. So what was supposed to take me four years took me seven years. Mm. So you finished in um, 2012? 2012, I finished. Wow. Yeah, but that's... That's with, to say, guys, that everybody's college experience is different. It's different. You know, and that's something I really advocate for because I've been in school for six years. Wow. Now, and I should be finishing this this December, right? But I think with this whole Corona thing, it kind of stalled me too. Mm-hmm. And then, like everything that happened, I took a couple of years off and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So I'm just a little diverting a little bit to say that everybody's college experience is different. It's true, and that can get someone into the, a state of, 
oh, like they start comparing themselves to their right, friends and right. then they start to feel some type of way, which yeah. I started to feel. But everybody's journey is different. For sure. So, you know, that at was, the end of the day, seven years, you finish. You finish. You know, so. And for me, that was a big one too because it's like all the people I came in with. Mm, I'm going to call. I'm going to call. Yep. My buddies I came with were all, in 2009, the first batch started mm, to graduate. Mm-hmm. So like in 2010, you're taking semesters off, but you're still kind of hanging around campus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all your buddies are gone. And it's mm. like, you're still there. So it's like... Ooh, wait. sidetrack. What year yeah. did you meet Ash? 2012. Look at that. If you graduated to 2009... I wouldn't have met her. You're right. Mm. Look at God. Okay, so I yeah. can, can okay. continue. <laughs> I guess so, Karen. Yeah. You gotta so. look at the bright side. It's, it's true, though. But, you know, in, in all these things... Like this is this why this scripture is one of my favorite. That God calls all things, mm-hmm. all things, mm-hmm. to work together for the good. Mm-hmm. Those who are called according to His purpose. Yes. So as long as we respond, we respond to His call for His Everything purpose. Will work together. He will. That's no right. matter how bad it was, He will find a way to merge that mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. good for Amen. us. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay, so back to the the question. Um, yeah. The question. Sorry, guys. <laughs> this is like Keep bring- I, I even feel like it's not the the journey. I feel like I'm having a conversation. This is how you know. This is how it's supposed to it's be. It's supposed kind to of, be, yeah. yeah. But you know, like I've never, you know, guys. To be honest, all, all of us that are listening, I've always wanted to ask you because mm-hmm. I, like I said, I always hear you mm-hmm. talk a little bit. Oh, um, in this or when I struggle with this, so sometimes right, right. I hear a lot talk about it. Sometimes I, one time I, I heard Pastor mention it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it was like, okay, what are they talking about? Like, right. what did he go through? But then because of I have that respect for you, mm. or in our language, you say me feral pa. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know how to approach you. I'm and to shy ask you, you very well. <laughs> <laughs> for the non-Ghanians that are listening, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm shy you very, very well. well. So I was. Yeah, so like I've always wanted to ask, but I've never been able to. So I really mm. thank God for this um, platform that I'm not just hearing it, but right. someone out there who might be going through what you went through or someone out there who knows somebody who has a family member mm. that went through what you went through that could find hope in, in your story. For sure. So I thank God so much that you're on. But I'm, I'm in, guys, indulge me. I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. So I want to know in between the time Mm-hmm. Your college days mm-hmm. into when you right, officially right. got saved, actually. Okay. Yeah. Good, good, good. Okay. So after the um, second hospitalization and all my buddies are leaving college, everybody's graduating. At one point, I thought I wasn't going to graduate, man. Mm-hmm. I was ready to give up because mm-hmm. um, I'll have a lot of momentum mm-hmm. and then something will happen. I'll take a semester off. I'll get mm-hmm. hospitalized because mm-hmm. this is all in the midst of somebody trying to finish school. Yeah. Oh my God. So, um, and God bless my mom, my dad, my mom. Um, it was to the point financially wouldn't give me any more money. Oh, yeah, because you've yeah, been here seven after, years, yeah. right? We're not going to, what we need to give you money for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my mom took money out of her retirement oh my to pay for my final semester in school. Wow. Yeah. And um, I think you asked earlier, was I staying on campus or commuting? Mm-hmm. I was back and forth. Mm. One semester I would be on campus, one semester I would commute. But mm-hmm. for the last two years, I think I commuted. Okay. And I didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. So my dad and mom would work out their schedule um, where they, I could either use one of their cars or they'll drop me off mm-hmm. or Lord will drop me off and he'll go to school. And co- it, was, it was just wow. a total family effort. Just, and God's, God's unmitigated, I don't know what that word means, but it sounds like fit here, his grace, you know? Because like, <laughs> when I graduated, 
um, I knew it wasn't something I did because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I did. I, I still didn't think I was a good student, mm. and um, I didn't know how I graduated. But by God's grace, I was standing on the thing, and I, I had graduated. Amen. So after I graduate, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, what do you do with your life now? Mm-hmm. Um, your GPA is definitely not very strong. <laughs> okay, uh, before you go, what did you um, go to school for? So when I went in freshman year, I wanted to be a pediatrician. That was oh, my goal. Because wow. I've always had like a pension for children. Like I always mm-hmm. had a for children. Yeah. Even when I was a child, I was like, yeah, man, these are my little homies. Like, you know, <laughs> even you're, you're a child, but among children, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it was like, I wanted to be a pediatrician mm. and uh, pediatrician courses are difficult, especially if you want to drink and smoke. <laughs> so I figured, um, <laughs> Hey man, what's the next best thing? Oh my so I, I made a nice presentation, went to my dad's, like, I want to do public health because mm. I heard it wasn't as hard as being a pediatrician, but this I was strongly advised. I got out of college and they, I found a job. They said, oh, yeah, you need a bachelor's degree. I said, like, okay, good. Mm-hmm. How much are you paying? Twelve fifty an hour. What? Oh, yeah, Which a, with a bachelor's degree, $12.50 an hour. Hey. So this was a shock. This was a blow to me. Oh, my God. And then, mind you, this isn't – let me even go back a bit. Right after graduating, mm-hmm. the first thing I did was I went to this counselor lady at Rutgers. She was like, oh, I think she saw my GP and stuff like that and no real kind of – direction she was like why don't you serve with americorps for a year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i did serve with americorps and god bless that lady what's her name macarthur something macarthur god bless that lady and i served with americorps which is like volunteer stuff and they'll give you a stipend mm. and the hours i was doing was like quarter term so it was like every two weeks i'll get paid 125 dollars hey. yeah every two 120 dollars, something like that to just um work with um, I worked with Jewish Family Services, mm-hmm. and I was working with um, Alzheimer's, mm. people with Alzheimer's, people with dementia, and people uh, with Asperger, Asperger syndrome, mm-hmm. which is on the spectrum, the autism spectrum. Right. So, and you know what? Ah, I think about all them things. God was using that too to help me, man. Because, mm. like, you know, there's nothing like um, when you feel like you don't have nothing and being put in a place where you have to give. Mm-hmm. It makes you grateful. It makes you grateful. And mm-hmm. it also, it helps you like kind of almost build some confidence or something. Mm-hmm. You, you realize that you're, per- oh, wow, me too. I can give something mm-hmm. of value to somebody mm-hmm. after being hospitalized three times and right. all my buddies graduating before me right. and all these different things. Me too, I'm worth something. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not getting paid the 50K or the 75K I thought I was going to make right out of college, mm-hmm. but I felt like a person. I began to feel like a person. Mm-hmm. So God bless Crystal MacArthur was her name, who told me to go do AmeriCorps. So I did that for a year, and then I applied for the job. They said twelve fifty with a bachelor's. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, if you thought you were gonna make money because you got a college degree, mm-hmm. that's not working. So right. now another juncture where it's like my identity. Mm-hmm. I gotta um, retool my identity. Mm-hmm. So after that, you know, just looking for something, mm. looking for something. I think that was right around the time. That another brother from the church I was in at the time, Brother Doug, his birthday was yesterday. Oh, happy or birthday, two days Doug. ago. Happy birthday, Brother Doug. I'm going to text you and call you. I'm sorry. So, um, <laughs> Brother Doug, one day was like, yeah, man, Bishop wants me to talk to um, you guys or wants me to, like, kind of help the youth a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, I remember he called me in law to his house. He was the first person to talk to me and Lord about purpose. Mm. Oh, he, you've mentioned him before. Yeah, yeah. That's my man. Uh, that's mm-hmm. one of my... You know, there's all God always uses people at yes, very, di- very 
he uses people instrumentally at different points in your life. Yes. And those people are like, not like you idolize them, but they remind you of God's grace. Mm. And he's he's one of those mm-hmm. people. My dad, brother Doug, pastor. Mm. Pastor Darius. Mm-hmm. Uh, my high school English teacher. A lot of different people. That's but true. um, So he talked to me a lot about purpose. So around that time, we're trying to figure out, we're, we're starting to like kind of take this God thing more seriously. Because we're like, man, all this stuff we've been sold is not really... And I didn't talk a lot about women, but I was mm-hmm. sleeping with a lot of women, I think. Mm-hmm. Having a lot of wild, you know, encounters escapades. with escapades. <laughs> then maybe that's why I wanted to escalate. But <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Sorry, Ash. That was a bad joke. So, um, <laughs> so right around that time, we're like, I feel like God was pulling at my heartstrings a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, there's something that what you thought life was is not really what it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I had graduated doing all these different, a lot of what people call soul searching, mm-hmm. but really just God drawing my attention to different stuff mm-hmm. to where at one point I really thought that, and I haven't really shared this with really anybody, maybe three people know about this. I thought the guy wanted me to be a pastor like huh? at, at one point. And I called the only person that I knew who maybe was around my age, who was a pastor. My boys, um, he was also a member of my fraternity at the time. And I was like, yo, man, I think, I don't know, man. I don't know if, if this is what God is telling me, but I think it was just God telling me to get closer to him. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And bit by bit, starting to take church. Brother Doug is schooling us every Tuesday mm-hmm. in his living room. We're going to Bible study, going to Bible study. And then one day, Brother Doug goes, hey, Sam, by the way, you're teaching next week. And throws mm-hmm. me the book. Why what you talking about me, teacher? What? So, and he was the first person to ever, you know, mm. say that, oh, go, you know, you're going to teach. Mm-hmm. So the next week I come, I make sure I get the seat right next to him. Mm-hmm. Everything I say, I'll look to him to see, okay. Validation. Brother, what do you think about this? So he pretty much taught the class, but I was just, you know. And um, so that's happening. And I started to serve in the church I was in. Mm-hmm. I became an usher in the church. Mm-hmm. And then Deacon Ray randomly one day invited us to Bible study mm. uh, here at mm-hmm. CPIC and we came and it was like, I, I can't explain it. I just mm. knew that this is where maybe God wanted me to be. Yeah. When, when you're home, you're home. You're home. And I, I, I knew it. I asked, pa- I, I don't know. I asked Pastor like, and how it happened to how I became a member here is like, one day I was just like, man, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I want to pay tithes here. That's how it happened. Mm. I asked for, I asked like, how do you pay tithes? Cause I felt like, I was coming to Bible study here every like every day. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, let me give, you know, whatever they're doing to support. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, let me pay tithe. And they're like, okay, let's get you a tithe book then. Mm-hmm. And so then I told my told brother Doug and I told um that chief usher mm-hmm. at the other I knew that's not told him that, you know, this is what it is. And he's like, yeah, you know. And one thing I do regret is I don't think I had an official thing with like Pastor D and mm-hmm. um Bishop, Bishop Calvin. But um, yeah, I was very young and immature, mm-hmm. even to the point where when I got a better understanding about mm-hmm. it, I wanted to, mm-hmm. but it just it didn't work out there. But still to this day, you know, if I call, Pastor D is a, by the way, shameless plug. If you're looking for a suit, right? Pastor mm-hmm. D does custom suit. He did my, my suit for my wedding. Oh, wow. He did Lord's suit for his wedding. Oh, wow. Quality stuff, man. So um, uh, Nathaniel B. Spoke, I think that's what it's called. But just holla, holla at Karen to holla at me and I could get you this information. <laughs> so 
Yeah, just I say that just to say that no hard feelings whatsoever. Yes, yeah, so yeah. and I do agree. I think to sidetrack as we did earlier, mm-hmm. but to sidetrack, I think on Instagram, I did an Instagram lives maybe Easter weekend, mm-hmm. and someone asked me a question that how do they leave a church that they've been in for so long to go to another church? Mm-hmm. And I was, I think the advice that I share with them was that I've I've also experienced that leaving a church that I was I called home for so many years right. and then going to a new church which mm-hmm. is not my home. Mm-hmm. And I told them pretty much that there's something that Pastor always talks about called exit protocol. Yeah, that is a way that you exit somewhere. That way, you never know who you need in the future. For sure. So if you ever see them elsewhere, there's a way that you have to leave. That way, mm-hmm. you you keep that relationship that you built with them over the years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that you didn't just up and leave. I could have done it in a way more better, more mature, and more clear way. But um, we see now that you you guys still have a relationship. For sure. So Pastor, we talk yeah. to Pastor D every you know every so often reach out to him and, and the family so that's good there's no and like you were saying man if you're gonna leave a place even if the place is now the worst place in the world at one point it's the place you, you ate from yeah yeah so don't leave and then go talk try it that makes bad. you look like the bad person exactly because why were you there for why so were you there for so, so long exactly mm-hmm. so I think exit protocol is one of the greatest lessons I've learned in this house yes me too and it, it's, it's even goes beyond leaving a place even relationships mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know because at one point or another, we're going to need each other, like you're saying. Eventually, you know? yeah. So, okay. Well, we'll be done soon. But tell me tell me the story of your deliverance from your ordeal, what you were, what you were going yeah. through for all these years, from pretty much from 18 to how old? Um, or 17 to like... Right. Till... Twenty fifth was it? 20, I actually know the date. Twenty fifteen, but let me tell you how it happened. So, um, I was still taking medication, mm-hmm. um, but by God's grace, um, right around the season, I was in just an urge to stop drinking, stop mm-hmm. smoking. I wasn't even doing it heavily like that. I've lost desire for all that stuff, really, because mm-hmm. it just even if you do it, you feel like crap the next day or the mm-hmm. next week because mm-hmm. you're taking medication. Why do? Why are you doing this to mm-hmm. yourself? Mm-hmm. But God really helped me to stop smoking to stop drinking mm-hmm. and stop, you know, one probably, you know, women. And I think that's also, you know, void with companionship where, you know, women I had relationships with, uh, you know, separating, <laughs> separating and saying, you know, and they helped me out too because they, they said, nah, man, we're not doing this anymore. Some of them, mm-hmm. you know, so those things fell in place. And I was like, now I was here. God blessed me to meet a pastor Mm-hmm. And pastor's very focused on the youth, mm-hmm. youth development and different stuff. And I was just, I was open. Mm. I was like, oh man, I know there's more to life. Mm-hmm. And it looks like this man really wants to teach. Mm. And I was ready to learn, man. Because mm. everything I thought I knew about life wasn't really what life was. Mm-hmm. So I was really open, um, would come to church. And I, you know, I used to do little stuff. Like when I was with the fraternity, I used to do like video stuff. So when I came around, I'm like, oh, whatever y'all need me to do, I used mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't mind at all. So it was like, kind of like that. And like, if I'm sitting home, I'm not really doing anything. So if there's something that needs to be done, at, eh, I don't mind doing it. So a little stuff like that. But then know that all that stuff was like, mm-hmm. it was really shaping me. And I didn't I didn't realize how it's like, just even, even if I'm coming to wipe chairs and pastors there and pastors listening to something mm-hmm. and I hear it I'm, and I go home and I listen to it. Mm-hmm. I just added value to myself right there, right. you know. And then I came and Ray, Deacon Ray, who invited us, he was awesome. He was ahead of us because he's he invited us, so he's mm-hmm. maturing. So 
hearing him talk is way different. We all grew up together. We all used to drink and smoke together. So now it's like something different. Mm -hmm. But then through all this time, I was still taking the medication. Mm. Through all this time, I was still taking the medication. And then it happened that um, I got a letter, right? Mm -hmm. That said, because my name was in the system because I've been to hospitals and stuff like that. That said, yo, um, my name and it said disabled, Mm. right? And that rubbed me the wrong way. And I was like, no, I'm not disabled. I'm not I'm not ever going to tell anybody I'm disabled because I'm not disabled, mm-hmm. even if on paper. So now I was telling myself, yo, if I'm, and I think this was God leading me down this, this pattern of mm-hmm. thought. He's like, I was like, okay, so if on paper the government says I'm disabled, what does the spiritual realm say? Mm. Mm. Right. What does it say in the spiritual realm? And I had a very, I had a cryptic dream around that time. And I explained mm. to the pastor and later I got an understanding of it. It was, it was like everywhere I'm going, there was like a, a miniature version of me mm. that will sit down before I sat. Wow. Man, it's making so much sense. Now the dream was this, right? Mm-hmm. Um that point that point in time I was I had just come into church and I was, I wasn't yeah, yeah. ordained as a deacon or anything like that. But I was going places with elder, pastor mm-hmm. and deacon agent, deacon. Mm-hmm. And then like they will sit down, they'll be offered water in a seat, they will sit down. Mm-hmm. But whenever I'll go to sit down, this this thing was like half my size, mm-hmm. like a deformed human being, like mm. you no know, toguso. Mm. Every time I'm going to sit down, he'll go sit down. Hey. Before I get to see, he'll go sit down right before me. Then later, it started making sense. Like, oh, wow. So then God gave me some vim that you're not disabled, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was using insurance through the state. Mm-hmm. And I told myself, I'm not disabled. I'm not going to take disabled benefits. <laughs> That's this right. is this is faith. This is that this is thing faith. is buga buga faith. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm not going to take. Which means I can't go to any more of these appointments. Mm-hmm. Which naturally means um, this medication. Something's going to have to happen with yeah, it. Yeah, you're forgoing treatment. And I think um, around that time we're doing a, a fast, a long fast at church, and I just felt very moved to stop taking the medication mm. that god was going to take care of me if i stopped taking the medication that wow. the medication served a purpose and that per that purpose was served mm. right mm-hmm. and this is something i can't explain to nobody and this is something i can never impose on anybody mm-hmm. but it's a feeling i had and god used um pastor to confirm it to me because mm. i went to pastor and i was like um pastor this is what i'm feeling that i think Maybe my feeling, maybe my thought that I'm not disabled by God's grace mm-hmm. and I'm going to start taking this medication and I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yo, I hope, you know, <laughs> hopefully my parents don't hear this and get mad at Pastor. But he's like, yo, I was on the plane coming home mm-hmm. and I had a similar understanding about what you're going through. Mm-hmm. So if this is what you want to do. Go to my office. Go get the oil. Come kneel down. I pray for you. Mm. He got the oil. He poured on me. He prayed. And then I, from that day, since today, I've yet, I've not taken medication. Hallelujah. And from that day to now, and this is the the the, the great and awesome part about it. Mm. The confidence and the creativity that I was looking for, I could never, I, it would, it would, um, it was fleeting. Even when I got confidence from drinking alcohol, very soon I'll get a headache. Mm. Even when I got creativity from smoking weed very soon i'll be asleep Mm. or drowsy Mm -hmm. or go do something else Mm -hmm. but what i have by god's grace that thing don't it don't go away now Mm. 
I have confidence that it's not based on whether I'm a smart kid. It's not based on whether I'm Handsome, have a six pack, which athletic. I am. God bless my wife. But it's um, <laughs> it's not based on that, hmm. and it's not based on if I'm making six figures, or it's not based on this or that. But it's based on that man. God loves me. Hmm. God loves me to the point that when I was on the brink of being sent to state hospital, where people get worse in their condition. Mm-hmm. He talked to my brother and I, I heard, my soul heard what mm. Lord said that day, mm. that straightened up. And my soul, my soul fell in line. Amen. And it's just, now it's like, I've never, I don't think, and in all humility, I don't think I've ever been as creative or confident mm. in life. Mm. And But now this confidence is not really based on something that I could do. Because I, I, again, I say this in all humility, I know me and I'm not really, I'm not. There's nothing there. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That if if one can be hospitalized and almost be in the brink of being sent to like where society would deem like outcasts or whatever, if they're counting people, they don't really count. They wouldn't count me mm. in that in that in that time. And now, if God's grace, if if they're calling leaders of a church and they're gonna call me, mm. then. That's, that's is, God, is, is God's grace. This is amazing. It's, it's really God's grace, Karen. So a lot of times, and why I say mental health is a state of the mind mm-hmm. and the heart mm-hmm. is because we all struggle with thoughts every single day. Yeah. That's that's the that's human condition. Mm-hmm. I heard somebody say, I don't know if it's true. I'm always telling you, go research what I'm saying. <laughs> humus, human being, I heard comes from humus, which means feeling or thinking mm-hmm. being. So we all, we think, we feel. Yeah. But the challenge Easy. is, we reason. The challenge is being aligned to truth. Because mm-hmm. the stuff that changes, which if I put my hope in stuff that changes, mm-hmm. that means my identity is fickle, mm-hmm. like smarts mm-hmm. or women liking me mm-hmm. or money that I make. But if I put my identity in Jesus Christ, who is not about to change today, tomorrow, the next day, mm-hmm. and I'm secure. That's mental health for me. Well, again, I mean, it's amazing. It's, your story just, it really amazes me. And I was as I was seeing to you mm-hmm. off off air. <laughs> off air like like the whole time you were speaking especially at this last juncture mm-hmm. i was just trying to keep myself from just crying because mm-hmm. it's like to see like i i, I was saying off air i'm gonna repeat it because they weren't here when, right, right. <laughs> when i was saying that i didn't know you then mm-hmm. i met you in 2013 yeah so i'm guessing you were just coming I just, off yeah but i didn't I didn't see that about you. Right. So hearing your story and seeing what you went through for, I'll say more or less seven years mm-hmm. to see who you are now, to see you, I guess, to be a part of you, your story right now. Like I'm, 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 I was a part of your story in my head. Like it's like <laughs> a movie, <laughs> you know, to, to see you in that state and then to see you now, mm-hmm. it's only a testament of God's power for and sure. his grace. For so sure. I'm really grateful for your life. But before yeah. we end, I just want to ask you a few questions. Sure. We talked about how, especially with our culture, mm-hmm. we're more into the spiritual side of things. Yeah. But I want to ask, it's, it has been said mm-hmm. that believers will tell a person struggling with mental health, just pray about it. Yeah. So why is there such a stigma around going to the hospital to seek for help? Is, is it wrong to go to the hospital to seek for help? I do believe, and I know as believers, we believe in God's 
healing power because yeah. God heals. Mm-hmm. And we see here that your story is just, like I said, a testament of God's healing power. Right. But I also believe that God uses doctors, sure. psychiatrists, psychologists, all these people mm-hmm. to to work. Mm-hmm. So is there something wrong with people seeking help from these specialists? Uh, definitely not. I uh, uh, definitely not. Um, the thing is, like everything that I'm sharing with mine, I always preface was that this is my experience, yes. yeah. right? Because it um, it's not mainstream, right? It's not mainstream. Plus, um, somebody might be led by the Holy Spirit and have a completely different experience mm-hmm. from mine. Mm-hmm. But I think to to shut off, um, sorry, to shut off <laughs> help from doctors mm-hmm. to write it off completely from the front, we're doing God a disservice, mm. we're doing ourselves a disservice mm-hmm. and we're limiting God. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause the thing is the whole universe belongs to God. Yes. However he wants to heal, he can heal. Mm-hmm. So whether it's through people or through divine intervention, it's up to him. Exactly. Okay. But when we limit by saying that God can only heal through Doctors, mm-hmm. only through doctors. Mm-hmm. We're limiting him. Right. We say he could only heal through divine touch. Mm-hmm. We're also limiting him. Mm. So I think it's on us to be open to his leadings, mm. right? It's on us to be open to his leading. Because I was taking medication for a long time mm-hmm. and I felt like it was okay. And the moment that I felt led, where my faith had built to the point where I knew that. This this is the faith I had, and this is definitely no faith is a fruit of the spirit. It's God really that yeah. gives it. Yeah. Because this thing that Shadrach them had that, listen mm. man, we ain't gonna bow to you. If we die, we die. If we die, we die. And if he saves us, he that's saves fine us too. That's amazing. So this is this is the the <laughs> I remember the the thought I had because the the thought kept coming, especially like the first day when I started taking it. Every little time, oh my goodness, mm. oh my goodness, and then I just I talked to I don't know with myself or whatever thoughts so I was like, listen man. If 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 God wants me to go through this again, he'll bring me out again. Mm. I believe wow. that he's not going to allow me to. Mm. And this is where my faith... But the thing is, faith can be borrowed. Mm. Pastor used to say something that um, until you discover something, it can be yours. Mm. I could tell you something right now, mm-hmm. but if you don't discover it, you can't have it. Yeah, yeah. I could give you a key to life. Mm-hmm. But if you don't understand it for yourself, you can't have it. That's and true. that's like with faith. So mm-hmm. as as a man's faith leads him, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. is, I think, the pivot of this whole mental health, and that's that scripture, mm-hmm. as he thinks in his heart, so he so is. He is. Yeah. And I, I recommend that book for anybody, as, um, a, man as a man thinketh. Mm-hmm. Every now and then I return to that book. So mm-hmm. I hope that so, answered yeah, the yeah, question. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And um, so... I want to ask her because we can see that in your story, it began from high school. Yeah. So I know that, and I seeing seeing it from the outside perspective, I could kind of say, and correct me if I'm wrong, that mm-hmm. you were kind of under pressure to mm-hmm. maintain some straight A's, mm-hmm. to your father's bragging about you. So I have to continue being, mm-hmm. you know, continue doing what I do that makes him do right. that. I know a lot of students face this, a lot of kids or youth face that Mm -hmm. so in school what can a student do to prevent themselves from being overwhelmed Mm -hmm. like in in your experience with your advice that's a great question i think um especially like in college 
like the we're paying a lot of money for college because there's a lot of resources mm-hmm. that come with college. Mm-hmm. They have stuff in place to help people mm-hmm. who are struggling. Mm-hmm. That's we're not only paying for the professors one-on-one tutoring. Right. We're paying for the resources that the school has put in place. So if somebody if if we feel overwhelmed, I say we take advantage of the resources mm-hmm. that we're already paying for. Mm-hmm. Right? Sometimes they have counselors that could talk to us. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes they have extra help. But I think um, the first step is us really realizing that this could be a trouble and it's, it's not sustainable. Because mm-hmm. if um, if we put a certain expectation on ourselves and we can't uh, fill it, we can't meet up to it, it's, it's bondage, man. Yeah. It's bondage. And in any one of the scenarios I described, whether it was keeping up, being a smart kid, keeping up, ask for help. Mm-hmm. Whether it's me thinking, oh, I'm not confident ask for help. Mm-hmm. Whether it's thinking, I'm not creative, ask for help. So mm-hmm. I think it's good for us to ask for help when we're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Like our parents have expectations for us, but the expectations are more so like hopes, mm-hmm. you know, and no parent is, is that evil mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to want their kids to, to, to struggle, you know, mm-hmm. just to prove them to something right, to them. Right, if, right, if you right. need help, I think our parents is not as bad as we think they are, <laughs> and uh, we we pay a lot of money to our schools, so mm-hmm. they actually they they owe it to us, mm-hmm. and they 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 they'll tell us that we're offering we'll offer you this help if yeah. we need it. So I think to be first to be open about it. Maybe mm. we know, we have a friend who's gone through college. We could ask them, mm-hmm. how do you cope with this? I think right. that's a good first step. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Last question. We're wrapping up, mm-hmm. but what would you tell? somebody mm-hmm. who has a family member mm-hmm. that is going through what you went through. Mm-hmm. Maybe they see the the mania, mm-hmm. the depression, mm-hmm. the the fits of anger, whatever right. case it may be, or whatever um, episode, yeah. whatever symptom it may be. What tips or what form of advice would you give to someone who sees somebody mm-hmm. going through this? What can they do mm-hmm. to help? Man, that's a tough question, but um, I think maybe even Lord would be the best to answer mm. this question because he he was very he's my younger brother, but God used him in that time as like a safety blanket for mm. me because mm. he, he had a very good listening ear, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the uh, keys when somebody around you is going through this. And Ash Ash works per diem at one of these mental places, and she she would attest to it that. If a pay, you don't impose. Mm-hmm. Right now, that's that person's reality, man. Mm. We can't impose. It's like I saw this beautiful picture. It was like um, me and you sitting right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was written nine here. Mm-hmm. In front of me looks like a nine. I where you're six. six. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here trying to convince you that it's nine. That it's nine. Mm. you are like, nah, it's six. Mm. That's my reality. That's your reality. But I won't, this is the thing too. There's this powerful scripture that says the heart of a king Mm, is in the heart of, yes. And wherever he wants is where he turns Mm -hmm. it. Um, So one thing I don't want to neglect is to talk about the people who interceded for me. Some Mm. even with me Mm, not knowing. knowing. I think I spoke about Pastor D. Mm -hmm. I know Pastor D was praying, definitely Bishop Engler was praying Mm -hmm. and the whole church was praying. Mm -hmm. My parents were praying. Somebody else was praying. Maybe my grandma prayed before she passed away that mm-hmm. God, if my great grandchildren, if my grandchildren go through some of this stuff. Mm. So I think we could we can never neglect um the power of prayer mm-hmm. in these things and that 
whatever pain that we're feeling. If if I love somebody mm-hmm. and if they're going through stuff, I feel that hurt. Mm-hmm. God feels that hurt more than I do. Mm, yeah, that's true. So if I I've, I really believe that if if we cry out to God, that Father God, this and be honest with God too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you know we try to dress up stuff. <laughs> That when he knows when all. he already knows you know <laughs> it's amazing so i think um being very gentle within mm, people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and also interceding you yeah. can, we can't impose especially somebody's out of touch with reality we can't impose reality on them mm-hmm. um but i'm sure there's a you know go do your research as i always <laughs> say there's a lot more techniques but I, I, for, for sure prayer and kindness, mm, prayer and kindness. yes wow but kindness also doesn't mean it indulge them in whatever nonsense mm-hmm, that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you need a, a snapback and all these things, the leading of the Holy Spirit will Definitely. tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, as you were speaking, I was thinking about this, that in our culture, mm-hmm. and I'm saying this because I, I would say a majority of the, like the demographics mm-hmm. in our, our listeners, mm-hmm. mostly Ghanaian. So I know in, in, in our culture, mm-hmm. there's a stigma around Good. this when, when, there's something going on mentally when there's mm-hmm. a mental illness. How do we now mm-hmm. in this day and age, because mm-hmm. the world is evolving. Mm-hmm. So how do we now break away from this stigma, man. especially in our culture? Yeah, that's that's a tough one, man. And I think by God's grace, when I start to get, when I got the first like glimmer of light after everything, after the whole, my first thing was, man, I need to, I want to educate people about stigma mm. in a Ghanaian community. Where mm. Me and Lord actually drew up drafts for like an organization we wanted to start and everything. So just educate um, Ghanaian communities because we're Ghanaian yeah. about the stigma of, of mental illness. Because mm-hmm. this is what it boils down to. What is stigma? Stigma really is we put a brand on this thing that this is what it is and that's what it is yeah. for life. Yeah. So if somebody stigmatized my family for what I was going through, mm-hmm. first of all, it's false because now it's not true. Yeah. Whatever thing that was said about me then because of a situation, mm. if that was generalized to this is who that person is, mm-hmm. this is who that family is, mm-hmm. is wrong. Right. Right? If somebody goes through whatever it is, any other medical thing, mm-hmm. we can't confine that person to that and say this is what defines them. The stigma is defining a whole human being by, by, a, situation. One, by a situation or experience. Mm-hmm. And that's very judgmental. Mm-hmm. And it's wrongful for us to do that to people. Mm-hmm. It's very wrong to, to, to look at somebody and, and, and to tell, almost it's like telling, it's, con- it's condemnation. Yeah. Yep, and we have no right to do that. We have no right to do that. That's true. And That's what true. what sometimes and it's very hurtful. Sometimes I felt for my parents because mm. it wasn't like it wasn't said out in the open, but you could hear whispers mm. and you could hear little stuff said, and I'm sure it's very painful. Right, right. But I think what we could do to the stigma thing is just put ourselves in other people's shoes, man. Mm. Empathy. Empathy. Cause honestly, the thing is closer than what many of us think it yeah. is. Yep. And yeah. the, the messed up part is, too, it's so close, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I've gone through it, mm-hmm. but I'm holding on to it. Mm. Fear of sharing it because there's a stigma. But maybe my neighbor's going through it, too. Yeah. And they yeah. need somebody to tell them that it was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But because there's a stigma, because there's condemnation. Mm-hmm. But listen, man, God, Jesus doesn't condemn us. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that only he has power to condemn. But and he even he's doesn't. sitting at the right hand and interceding on our behalf. He doesn't. So we, from our human stance, how can we condemn somebody? Mm-hmm. 
if there's anything to say, pray and intercede on that person's mm-hmm. behalf. That's true. Because I think if anybody caught a glimpse, at maybe let's take a sample of 10% of the thoughts that we all thought each day mm-hmm. and let's put it out in the open, we wouldn't condemn anybody again. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know? Definitely not. Yeah, so I think definitely grace, man. Mm-hmm. Being grace, gracious being people. gracious. That if if God didn't condemn me, because the stigma thing, let's put it straight, is condemnation. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. I never thought of it like that, but you're so right. It's condemnation. Yeah. That this is your lot in life and this is that. So, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you so much, Deacon. Thank you. We thank God. Yeah. This is, it's amazing. Like, I just, I can't explain the feelings that I'm feeling. <laughs> I can't explain the feelings that I'm feeling. So, um. God bless you so much Amen. for coming onto the Amen. show and sharing your. And I know this couldn't have been easy because you kind of had to relive a portion of your life that a lot of people would like to repress. Mm-hmm. But thank you for pulling those memories back yeah. and sharing it and causing us to also live in your shoes for those years. For you know, sure. In just an hour or some change. Or 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, let me end with this, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think I, I said that God's grace when I got enough faith to tell and i believe i believe i was being led to stop taking it and i stopped taking it mm-hmm. and by his grace i haven't taken so i had mm-hmm. to like break that to my parents somehow that you weren't going to take the medication anymore and my dad they all caught hints because what happened was when i started taking lord was the first person to know because mm-hmm. i lost 10 pounds in like a week so the medication was making you gain weight the medication That's- makes you lethargic the ones the specific oh. ones i was taking so okay. it's like you can't tell, is it the chicken or the egg? Is it what you're eating or is it because mm-hmm. you're sedated all the yeah. time? Right. But off the bat, 10 pounds. And I had been trying to lose weight for so long. Mm. So then he was like, mm, okay. And then my dad, <laughs> my dad was very good about reminding me when to take my medications. Mm-hmm. But now it's like when he would call me, I'll be a little annoyed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I took it. I took it. <laughs> I think my mom also saw. Mm. So it was like, it was like the, the pink elephant in the house nobody wanted to talk mm-hmm. about. So then one day I was like, I'm going to tell them. So what I had been doing, I was just throwing all the medicine under the bed. So I got all the medicine. And I was telling myself that I'm going to wait. I'm going to give myself like six months to a mm-hmm, year, mm-hmm. see how I'm faring. And this is one thing, too, I'm seeing, right? Mm-hmm. Me and Ash are, tr- are figuring this thing out that testimony has to be with fruit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Testimony ha- the, the testimony of my new job should be with the first fruit that I'm going to yes. offer. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. so it was like I was—I wasn't gonna tell them that the day I stopped, I'm stopping taking it now. Mm-hmm. When the fruit is there, when I've lost twenty pounds and mm-hmm. I'm doing what I have to do, mm-hmm. and I'm being more responsible in the home, and I'm mm-hmm. cleaning up, mm-hmm. and I'm being more respectful, and I'm doing everything I have to do, mm-hmm. and you—you—you you, you yourself can testify that my parents themselves can say that. Wow, he does whatever he's supposed to mm-hmm. do without the medication. He's not bothering us. We're not hearing he's in New York at three a.m. partying. Mm-hmm then uh, you know what? Maybe he's onto something. So if he doesn't want to take the medication because he's felt, mm-hmm. he's led that way. So this is what I told them. I mm-hmm. took the medicine to I was like, just as you would call me to remind me to take my medication. Mm-hmm. And I had the Bible there. I was like, this is my medication now. Mm, wow. This is my medication. And Bible really is my medication. Mm-hmm. I lie to you not. Whenever I'm having a depressive thought, whenever I'm having an anxious thought, whenever I'm having a thought of not being enough, Whenever I'm having a thought of being less than... Even now. Even now. Mm-hmm. It's the word of God that can cure me. Mm. Not Nobody can say a million and one words, but if they use the word of God, and I think on our wedding day, during the engagement, I told Ash that whenever I'm going astray, just point me back to the word of mm. God. Yeah, and 
it's really all we have in life. Mm. As a man thinketh in his heart, so, so he is. is. And the word of God is such that it cleans. Mm. It cleans. It's like you can have filth in there, but you pour pure water in there. Mm. See that it's displacing bit by bit. It might take years. And eventually. Eventually. And even even on a day-to-day has to be done. Mm Because a a piece of dirt will drop in today. Mm -hmm. But keep letting, just let that water keep coming Mm. in. By God's grace, he'll see us through. Amen. 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 So on that note, we're ending today's episode. Like I said, God bless you so much. Amen. This God was, bless you. We've been here for like three hours. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but this is amazing. This is amazing. Babe, warm up the rice. I'm coming, please. Yeah, uh, yes. The, Even though she'll be hearing it. Undulated rice. Undulate the rice in the pan, <laughs> in the microwave. I'm coming. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you all for listening to the Journey Podcast with Karen Sion. And I know this show blessed me. And I'm blessed pretty sure too. that it blessed you all that are listening and I, if you like our show and want to know more please check out our instagram page and our facebook page can you believe that in i think two weeks of opening our facebook page we're at 900 likes goodness i gotta go i think i did like it yeah. and like it blows our minds like Amen. you know so we really thank you all who are listening for supporting and for those who are new sojourners sojourners is that what we're going with <laughs> Yeah. No, let's see. Let's, let's workshop see. it. Yeah. Let's see. What do you guys think? Send we thank feedback. you all for, yeah, send feedback. We thank you all for joining us and being part of the Journey family. Um, please check out our Instagram page at the Journey underscore podcast, podcast and our Facebook page, the Journey Podcast with Karen Sion. Mm-hmm. And join us next week when we talk about, we're still doing mental health awareness, but it's just going to be me next week. We're going to be talking about scars of the past. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared and excited at the same time. <laughs> so I'm really excited because I'm going to, I think this Deacon's, Deacon storyline has really, really inspired me to kind of share why I'm the way I am today mm. and things that I went through to make me who I am mm. today. So that's, that's next week's episode. So I can't wait. Nice. Okay, so remember... The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry, and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. Those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It's all decided by God through times and seasons. I love you all. God bless you all. Stay safe. Stay home. Wash your hands. Eat healthy. Work out. I love you all. God bless you all. And have a wonderful, wonderful week. This is called a journey, yeah.